Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors making a lot of moves recently, Riker. It seems like our whole deep bench is almost completely different from what it was last season, Riker. Ben, I love when we when we start digging into some of these stats. We're going to make some extreme, some extreme hypothesis on these players, but Ben, before we start, it's a new pod. We're recording in back-to-back. This is probably going to be released on Sunday, so I'm going to change the hat going over to the old Toronto Huskies hat. But we'll break down we'll break well, how to <laughs> right. We'll break down some interesting pickups, Ben, because ultimately this team it did look like it was gonna have to get gutted with losing Ibaka, losing Gasol, wanting to have ability for the twenty twenty one offseason to have cap space. So you don't want to bring in anybody on long term deals, ideally team options or non guaranteed contracts. So I think the Raptors were pretty effective in doing that and still maintaining some sort of semblance of a championship contending team with bringing in Aaron Baines and to an extent, Alex Len. I I think that the roster is still competitive, Ben. And now a couple of guys from all around the woodworks, probably nobody's ever heard of before. And let's break them down, Ben. Yeah, for sure. And before we get into the new guys, we have to say say goodbye to our our former former guys we brought up in the last podcast but malcolm miller and duan hernandez ended up being waived by by the toronto raptors so obviously malcolm miller a great three-point shooter i think he'll get picked up somewhere else duan hernandez if he can stay healthy he looked like a talented guy anything you're going to specifically miss about those two players Riker? well to no fault of his own duan hernandez didn't get a lot of opportunity to play really only the bubble and Mm -hmm. you can't make a lot of sort of extrapolations with that Malcolm Miller he was always ready to come out and shoot and I just think it was opportunity like it it just wasn't there on this team because of how much depth that the Raptors had and there was other guys that had the chance to shine and and he unfortunately didn't so I wish him the best moving forward Ben yeah for sure but let's dive into the sort of new players that we picked up and one of them played for the Indiana Pacers last year Elise Johnson He's a guy that has some some interesting stats. He's a six seven power forward. He obviously didn't get that many games under his belt for his career, only thirty one games. But you know, he he shot an encouraging fifty percent from the three point line, Riker, in his first season with the Indiana Pacers. So remarkable three point shooting percentage. Maybe the sample size is a little bit less less indicative of that number, but you know, only shooting two threes for that season, went one of two, but (laughs) I don't know, a a big that can sort of shoot, he's definitely a big, strong guy, mobile, athletic power forward, obviously after losing Ronda Hills Jefferson, a player that Raptors fans seemingly really wanted to keep around, he could be an interesting guy to fight for one of those last few roster spots, Riker? Yeah, maybe. I think certainly the lack of depth for this Raptors team as currently assembled is in that big position. So small forwards, power forward, center. If you look at, well, maybe not center so much now. You have Boucher who who could slip down to the four, but uh, Boucher, Len, Aaron Baines, but definitely in that three, four spot. I think there is the opportunity to get a, a couple of minutes per game on sort of that deep bench or in kind of the garbage games against the Bulls or the Hornets, whoever. Um, and Elise Johnson, he, he could be that guy. Who knows? If he keeps up 50% three-point shooting, he'll, he'll probably be a starter by the end of the season, Ben. Yeah, no, if this guy... 
Okay, I got I got the intro going crazy here. The intro's popping up at random places. Still getting used to the new production scene, but I so I apologize for that. But Elise Johnson's definitely an interesting player. And as you as you brought up, you know, big, strong, athletic guy. We have a lot of people fighting for those last few roster spots. And I guess we should probably break this down too, because you know, these three guys that we brought in are going to be fighting with Paul Watson, O'Shea Brissett, who was sort of the the 20th man on that deal. And depending on what happens with Terrence Davis, maybe a potentially another guy, they're all going to be fighting. So none of them are on guaranteed deals, but they're all going to be sort of fighting for their way to sort of make this team. But Elise Johnson, as you brought up, athletic, big, he's the type of guy that the Toronto Raptors like to have on the roster. And you know, if that three-point shooting, obviously it was a little bit of a bigger sample size in the second season, but it still was pretty decent. I think it was about 37%. But he seems like a guy that can shoot threes, pretty athletic, and, you know, that's a recipe for making this Toronto Raptors team record. But the second player we'll talk about... Wait, 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 hold up. Another recipe, Ben. So it's three and D and also low a low draft pick. I, yeah. It seems like the Raptors love those guys. And it, there is a little bit of sense to it a little bit of of rationale is that a guy he was so elise johnson from missouri state was picked picked 50th in in mm -hmm. the draft by the pacers in 2018 so these types of players play with the chip on their shoulders they know if they don't come in and bring it every game they're 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 not going to make it in the nba and they're not going to have that sort of money to to give them a long career and make those millions of dollars so they they really need to earn it and and that's why the raptors do tend to like these types of players absolutely yeah, for sure. And a guy, the second guy we picked up is a uh, wasn't really a low draft pick. He was actually pretty known coming out. I think he was ended up being a lottery pick for the Detroit Pistons. But Henry Ellenson, a guy that's really never found his footing in the NBA, had uh, had some interesting seasons over the course of his career. Obviously, a six ten center power forward, three point shooter, known as sort of a three point shooter over the course of his career. Shot thirty four percent over over his entire season. But unfortunately, last year with the the Brooklyn Nets shot 14% from the field, Riker. We're sort of uh, extrapolating on these stats, as we mentioned at the beginning, 14% in only five games. But he's been on the Raptors 905 for a while, so he's sort of been in that Toronto Raptors system. We see him now getting an opportunity to play, get a chance to try out during training camp with the big team. And is there anything specifically that really encourages you about Henry Ellenson's game? Because bigs that shoot threes... Right, his defense has been a little bit sort of questionable over the course of his career, but bigs that shoot threes, we just lost a couple this offseason. Do you think there could be a potential space for him even after we've signed Len, Boucher, and Aaron Baines? Well, I don't think Boucher, I, I don't think Boucher. Boucher is of course a lock. We know what he's able to bring and he's small enough. He doesn't need to play center. He doesn't need to be a backup center. Really, I see it being Baines and Len. And if Len is all of a sudden not able to shoot the three and he's slow and he's as bad as what people in the comment section have been warning us of. And Henry Ellison can come in and in 10 to 15 minutes, hit one or two threes and defend. Uh, that's basically all it takes to get minutes as a big on the Toronto Raptors. That's all we look towards. And that's why I, I don't think that anybody is sort of hinging all their bets on Alex Len. I don't think that anybody cares whether or not he plays or not. So if Henry Ellison can come in and do those two things better, he could definitely get minutes, Ben. No, definitely, 100%. Yeah, and Ellison's a guy that has had opportunities over the course of his career and hasn't looked bad for stretches. 
you know, I think with the Pistons, he certainly underperformed the that sort of lottery pick expectations. But some people with the Knicks were sort of interested. Obviously, they had a lot of opportunities for guys to play. And anyone can really look good on the Knicks team where you're sort of not surrounded by a lot of talent. But he, he, he had stretches where he did play well, showed off that shooting ability for the, for the New York Knicks, and didn't really have any opportunities at all with the Brooklyn Nets last season. But it was he's sort of a guy that could be unpredictable. Put into a good situation, as you brought up, in the space where he doesn't have that many expectations, right? In a system now that he's been a part of for close to a year, you know, playing for the Raptors 905 and all these sorts of things, right? If he could sort of squeak into one of those last potential roster spots, and then, you know, we deal with injuries, as you and I have brought up, is their sort of biggest fear with this team going forward? Because if one of Baines or Boucher get injured, then we're relying on Alex Len and then... Who knows at that center position? So maybe having that insurance, a guy that you know won't completely tarnish your offense if he's out there on the court, he could definitely potentially be a guy that's that's sort of interesting, Riker. But the the third player before we sort of talk about and debate who we think will actually make the roster, he's a uh, he played for the Memphis Grizzlies last year, Utah uh, Watanabe Watanabe. It's it's right there. I definitely butchered that pronunciation, but. He's, you know, all these guys, none of their stats really jump off the page, but he's a player that can sort of shoot shot 37% from three last season. You know, he's a, he's a 6'8", small forward. Riker, he, this guy is probably the most unpredictable of the bunch, just in, in terms of his skill set and what he could potentially bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And he he does have some sort of, I guess, experience playing on the international stage, obviously, plays for Japan and played alongside Roy Hachimura, who's kind of a shining upcoming star for the Washington Wizards. And this guy, he's been in the league, what was it, two seasons now? And Mm -hmm. he has very limited minutes. But what I think is interesting about this whole debate and these whole signings is that we now have a guy on the team who went undrafted, who we've now given $22 million a year to, and three years ago, we were debating whether or not it would be him or Brady Hislop to hit that final roster spot. And uh, that's, of course, Fred Van Vliet. And so you look at that ultimate sort of career path and career jet trajectory over not a very long amount of time. It is There is potential that one of these guys could end up doing the exact same thing. And I think Utah, Utah, Watanabe, uh, I think that maybe defense could be suspect with him more so than a guy like Elise Johnson. And you have to be able to do both then. And if, even if you can stroke the three, you still need to be able to hold your own on the defensive end. So that's, that's where I'd maybe call to question this, this guy's ability to, to crack that final spot then. Yeah. And he's a player that, you know, sort of all these guys that we picked up, they have the potential as you brought up with Fred Van Vliet, obviously he, he fit a style and then improved his game, given an opportunity to really have an opportunity to make this roster and stuff. And with these three guys, including, including Utah, they're all sort of players that have the potential to fit this system, right? These deep bench guys. I think the only player we really signed this off season that's a little bit more suspect was uh, DeAndre Bembry and maybe Alex Len, just because they aren't known as three-point shooters, but obviously they're more established guys and have had more roles than NBA teams. So I think they have the edge up on these sort of deep bench players. But yeah, you you brought it up. Three-point shooting defense, we're going to continually iterate that sort of that sort of line as we break down these sort of deep bench potential players that maybe would have an opportunity. But Riker, you know, I'm trying to 
I'm hiding these images. I got all these players' images coming up. But I apologize. The production's been a bit more shoddy on this one, getting used to the slideshow background. But, Riker, we have a lot of guys on that deep bench fighting for the sort of last two roster spots. Currently, we have Paul Watson on a two-way deal. We have O'Shea, who was in the, that deep bench last year. Two guys we saw a lot of last season, right? We have Elise Johnson. Well, all of these three guys coming in now. Who are you most? Ex- who do you sort of out of that crop of guys really see making the the deep bench, maybe getting those two way deals, and maybe getting a t- chance to play next season? So Ben, do you want to do you want to say it on three? Who we think is going to be that guy? Because I think we're going to say I, the exact same. I think name. we're in sync. Yeah, three. Okay, two, one, two, three. Paul, Paul Watson. Watson. <laughs> it's he's the guy. It's Paul Watson's Paul Watson's year coming up. But I'll let you take that away. No, Ben, you take it away. I think we're we're both on the hype train for this guy. Small sample size, but he did some good things here in the bubble. Yeah, no, Paul Watson's a guy. He plays defense. He's had some ridiculous highlight blocks for, for a shooting guard. He has great athleticism. He can dunk. He can shoot threes. He's mobile and really looks polished for one of those guys that you see in the deep bench. I think a big thing with him is just opportunity. Obviously, he's not necessarily a young guy, but a player that is... is been around, played in Europe, played across the world, and has been with the 905, has been on the deep bench with the Toronto Raptors last season, and was a guy that almost performed at a level where you and I almost wanted to see him get opportunities in the playoffs, because he's, his three-point shooting, his just intangibles looked really good for this Raptors team. I think we're going to make a whole video on Paul Watson, why we think he'll break out, because we've sort of talked about it a little bit on uh, different podcasts. So I think the real debate is with the next four players and who we potentially think will will remain on this team, will get that camp roster. Well, they all got invites. Who will actually make it through that, that passage of time? But do you want to sound off on Paul, Paul Watson before we talk about the four other players? Yeah, Paul Watson, he played nine games in the bubble, I believe, and or eight games in the bubble, shot 44% from three and 52% from the field. And this guy displayed athleticism. He was attacking the basket. He was trying to live above the rim in a couple of poster dunks, Ben. This is, we we love explosiveness, and especially with the potential. And what's most likely looking like Terrence Davis is going to be released with all of the other stuff that's happening with this sort of pending legal suit. I think that Paul Watson could naturally be a guy that ships up takes that role and of course we see we saw throughout the last season how much time somebody like Terrence Davis or Matt Matt Thomas could get if they come out and they're just fire their intensity right away they hit their shots they do it the cam they all of a sudden they can become a 20 20 minute guy off the bench Mm -hmm. from being relatively unknown the season prior Paul Watson could definitely be that guy he could take that leap he might not but of all the guys we mentioned Paul Watson seems to be the closest to that type of player Ben. Yeah, for sure. I th- yeah, we're in agreement on Paul Watson. We might make a whole video on him as the season inches closer. But the other four guys, and also our second round draft pick, uh, his name is slipping me. I think it's Anderson. They're they're all uh, they're all players that are sort of potential. We we also have to do a video on our draft picks, and there's a lot of exciting stuff. But uh, you know, O'Shea Brissett was a guy that really impressed last season. Now he's sort of on the deep bench. We're not sure his contract situation right now, but. He's uh, there's nothing guaranteed with him, but we know he's going to get the invite to camp. And it's tough to sort of compare a guy we've seen a lot of last season to these sort of players that we've looked at sort of highlight reels and looked at their stats and small sample size. It's, it's tough to, to compare, but we broke down the other three players. But O'Shea Brissett was a guy that was 
undersized for a big, but was a remarkable offensive rebounder in terms of his hustle and energy. Right, He, he brought that sort of Rondé Hollis-Jefferson vibe when he was on the court. He also knocked down a few threes. His defense looked pretty good. Looked a bit raw in terms of a, as an undersized power forward in terms of ball handling and all these sorts of things. But other than that, looked like a guy with a lot of potential. Are there, you know, obviously we'd like to see the preseason games before we make those direct comparisons of those guys. But would you, is there any of the three new signings that you'd like to see over O'Shea, assuming our second round pick gets signed to the team? Yeah, maybe, maybe, Van, because the way that it looks right now is you have, see if I can get my fingers onto the screen here, you have Lowry, Malachi, you have at the shooting guard, you have Van Vliet, then you have Norman, and then Matt Thomas. Power forward, you have Pascal and Boucher. Center, you have um, Baines and Len. It's that small forward where I think that there's some competition. You have OG coming off the bench. It could be anybody. It could be O'Shea. It could be that other pick, I guess. It could be Paul Tom or Paul Watson, even though he's more of a shooting guard. It could be Elise. It could be, uh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Utah. Utah. Hachib- <laughs> All the names What's here. But what's on a bay? And I, I think at the small forward, what are we begging for, Ben? We're begging for three and D guys. So it's whoever can do that the best because none of our small forward backups are going to be shot creators. Even OG, we're, we're desperate for him to become more of a creator, take some, some shots off the dribble to really display his ball handling that he's improved over the seasons. But none of those other guys are, we're going to look to create their shot. They just need to be three and D guys. So I personally don't care whoever can do it the best. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you also forgot to mention Patrick McCaw, who was a, a staple in our rotation when healthy last season. So there's going to be a... The Raptors are a really interesting team with, this year. We're, we obviously have our standout starting unit, but in terms of the bench, there's a lot of unproven players, a lot of opportunities to be had going around, right? We have Bembry. We have we have a lot of guys now that are sort of fighting for... going to be fighting for minutes, going to be fighting for opportunities, and Training camp's going to be a big thing to look at that just in terms of who will make the back end of our roster. Then, you know, the season, we know Nick Nurse likes to try different things out throughout the course of the regular season and obviously even tried out something new in the playoffs, having OG at center, which was a lineup you and I didn't mind, were kind of surprised to be thrown out there out of nowhere. Certainly worked, but maybe Nick Nurse is going to look to even get more creative because he's been vocal about he likes to try things out prior to the, the playoffs actually happening. So... A lot of interesting pieces, you know, three new signings for, for the training camp deal. But let us know who you guys think. Let us know who you guys are most excited about. You guys are the best to make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, you have any last words on the Raptors' deep bench? Yeah, I couldn't. I can't believe I forgot McCaw. Patrick McCaw. McCaw. <laughs> That's it. We'll sign it off that way, Ben. Cheers. <laughs>